Hi, BFFs. Thank you for joining us for episode 19 of Life Coach BFF with Susan and Heather. We are visiting with the Springer Sisters today, and they are the masters of organization. Get ready to learn. But first, we want to thank our sponsors, Petty Dental of Bartlett, Tennessee, and Denison Travel, our choice in luxury travel agencies. Let's get right to it. sisters we've been waiting on this for a while so this is going to be a lot of fun and we're with Holly and Tanya Springer and they are my true heroes they are who I want to be in my next life and we're going to find out everything about the Springer sisters are you ready I'm so ready I cannot wait to hear from y'all because y'all are very good at something that I'm terrible at so I want to gain just a little bit of wisdom from y'all, maybe. Well, Susan has her notepad. She's taking notes. <laughs> I'm sure there are lots of things you are way talented at that we are not. Yeah. So we're just lucky we can use our gifts and in, in our job and what we do. But yeah. Well, do y'all want to tell us a little bit about what, how you, let's talk about first what, what you do and then um, briefly, and then I want you to tell us exactly how you got started because I don't know these things. Okay, sure. I'll let Tanya take the lead on. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, what we do. So we help our clients downsize, organize, right size, unpack, um, any of those types of things with making their home function in the best way for them and their family. So letting go of things that no longer serve them, we help them match, match up with places that accept donations. So we're really community-based and like to make sure everything gets back out if it's still usable and has a second life. And just help them evaluate the relationship with the, the physical things in their lives, really. And all those transitions that we all come across, whether it be a new addition to the family or a divorce or the loss of a loved one or a terminal illness or a change in your mobility and as we age and all those things that affect your home, um, we jump in and help people with them. Yeah. So how did you get started? What, what was, at what point did you go, you know, we're both really good at this. We should start a business. Well, we had talked about starting a business for years. Um, Tanya lived in South Carolina. She moved there in 2006. And I don't know at what point we had just talked about hoping that she made it back this way. And we've always just wanted to work together. And Tanya remembers the exact point, And I'll let her tell it. We decided this was going to be it. I don't remember this, but. She can tell that side of it because yeah. my memory is horrible. So. <laughs> well, we had just gone through a few things. Um, the loss of grandparents and getting rid of their estate. So kind of seeing how that all played out and how people reacted to those things and just the divvying up of the, the physical items and how that plays out with certain family members and just the stress of all that. And then my parents had decided they were going to move to the Memphis area to be closer to Holly and her three children. Everybody wants to be next to the grandkids, right? So they needed to let go of some things. They weren't really downsizing a whole lot, but they were a little bit. And they were gonna have a big garage sale. And we went home and helped with the garage sale. It was an eye-opening experience. And we did a really good job. Like we were like, we could- We did a fantastic job. Yeah. Yeah. And without going in thinking we were going to be these amazing garage sale people, but 
we had certain tables. We had everything like bundled together with ribbons on it. We had, I mean, we really outdid ourselves. It, I mean, it was like as boutique of a garage sale as you could possibly have. And so when that was over and we laughed because I was outside at the table telling everybody like what they were buying, how lucky they were to get it, where it was in our home and what we did with it and the whole story. And Holly was the muscle carrying the stuff to the car, setting up stuff, breaking it down and our skills and talents and things we like to do are so different. And after that was over, we were still talking about doing things and we were talking about, you know, what kind of business and just the idea of a storefront um, just wasn't something we really wanted to do. So we knew it was going to be service-based. And one day Holly called me a couple months later and said she's on her way home from Home Goods, to which she has a serious <laughs> shopping addiction to. With bonus of Corona, if there's any out there, the Home Goods addiction is kind of Right, because there's nothing. I had to go cold turkey. So, yeah, we're, we're better. Uh, but anyway. She's Wait, Holly, Holly, are you going through the 12-step program right now? <laughs> no, I've, I've been through denial. Um, I think I've apologized to everybody for the random stuff I bought them they don't need. So denial, apologies. Yeah, I'm probably on about step 11. I may earn my chip here soon. I, I'm yeah. almost there. I'm almost there. I'm process. But she was on her way home with bins and baskets and the same stuff that you always buy there. And she called me on the way home and was like, I don't know why we're even thinking, like organizing. Why are we not talking about that? That's what we love to do. We both do it in our lives all the time. Why are we not doing that for other people? And it was right then. And I was like, she's really going to work with me. Yay, yay. <laughs> because I really couldn't believe it because she has such a busy family life. And her children were starting to get a little bit older and she was starting to think about wanting to do some other things. So that was very exciting for me. And then we just had to go through the process of, you know, me changing careers, getting out of what I was doing, selling my home and moving here and all of that. But we started our business in 2017 and worked independently of one another. So I helped people in South Carolina. She helped clients here herself. And the goal was always for me to end up here and us to do it together. And we were totally right about that. We're better together. Um, we accomplish more and we complement each other because we're just, we're, we're very different. Yes, very much so. <laughs> so at what point did you, Tanya, because you sold your home, mm -hmm. you sold everything? And Not everything, but I got rid of probably half of my belongings over the course of, and again, I had an 18 month plan. I'm a planner. So I had a whole 18 month plan of how this was going to go. And I started 18 months out making trips to charities, having people come pick up things that, you know, they knew they could give to others. And then she says plan. <laughs> She's not talking in her head. We're talking written down, color coded, probably manila folders that she is a physically write it down notepad type of girl, which right. again, we are completely different. She's technology, I'm pen and paper. But we, I, I just started the process. And by the time she came to help me pack, which was about two months out or so, mm -hmm. um, there really wasn't a whole lot left. And even the things that I thought I was going to keep, I was like, do I want to pay someone to haul that 500, 600 miles or whatever? I, I, don't, I don't know. Goodbye. Um, and then I was fortunate that the person that purchased my home needed a lot of things because she had lost her home in the floods that we had in Columbia, South Carolina in 2015. They had devastated a lot of families. But so she needed anything. So I got to give away my washer and dryer, dining room table, desk, bed, all kinds of stuff. And she was grateful. And I felt like part of me was still living in the house. 
<laughs> so it felt good for me. My memory's still there um, and it moved on here, but yeah. So I went from 1,700 or 1,800 square feet to 880. Um, and when you know you're doing that, you have to plan because the stuff's not going to fit in there. And I wasn't going to pay for a storage unit, so. Right. Well, that's such a huge leap of faith though. I mean, was that a scary time for you or were you just? It should have been. Um, it really wasn't. It's the strangest thing. I mean, there were moments when I missed my friends and things like that, but no, I, I mean, I just, this is where I'm supposed to be. Uh, it just has never not felt right since I've gotten here haven't regretted it for one second. Even on the days that haven't gone so well, have I not regretted it. But yes, it was a leap of faith, but I haven't regretted it. Cause she's been in the hospitality industry since she was 15. Um, and again, her skill set. she comes from the restaurant world. And again, being a planner and inventory and stuff like her brain, again, with the career we're in now, She's a master of all of that. Like her skill set with all of that is amazing. Um, and her ability to deal with all kinds of people. Because when you're in the restaurant industry from the age of 15 to 47, <laughs> you have run across and managed every personality type in the world. Or and, they've eaten with you at some point. Or they've eaten with you at some point and they've been your customer. So she, her ability, which is why she's our communications extraordinaire, her ability to connect with people, and it doesn't even matter. I mean, and she loves people. I mean, we both love people as much as some days I'm like, oh, people drive me crazy. It's normally my family. It's not the general public that drives me crazy. Um, but her ability just to tune in and listen to people, uh, it's an, I could never do this job without her. Um, we bounce off each other and we laugh all the time when we go in somewhere you know, everybody wants the before and after photos, right? Like that's the woo. And a lot of times we don't get those just out of respect for the clients, depending on the situation. But even if it's just a, you know, take all the pictures you want. I'm like the steamroller that runs in and starts going at it. And she's like, back up. And she wants to, we've already met with the client and spoken to them. We know what their vision and goals are, but she's the one that can read them and sense them. Because again, about four hours when you're working one-on-one -on -one with someone, depending on, they're done. It's an emotional process, even if it's not emotional items. It's decision-making and decision fatigue is real. So she will give me looks like, mm, I know how to read her. This person's wrapping it up where I'm still like, ah! so it, it, our skill sets are just invaluable. And she, like she said, she's meant to be here. We're very fortunate to work together. And oh, she's really talking me up big here. No, it's true. But what's though. funny is like, I can't do a thing on the computer. No interest, like zero interest. And in, she'll be like, let me show No, don't want to know. Um, she does all of our social media. She does all of our accounting, does all of the billing, does all, I mean, we would not exist if it yeah. weren't for her. Built our first website. We've since had help and had that done, but literally done all of it. Um, and wants to learn how to do it or does. She says it's well, not want to. It's not a passion of mine. <laughs> it's just out of necessity. Whereas I just wouldn't even talk. Uh, but so. I do love the creative. I, I like to be creative. I like the, um, you know, I just, my, I have an eye for certain things. I think if I'm going to say one talent that I have, would be that so i enjoy that aspect of it um yeah. so yeah so just, again better together yeah yeah so how did y'all get started your first client i know your parents were your first clients your yeah parents, huh? 
Um, My first paid client in South Carolina that wasn't someone that I knew um, was someone that was really more of a hoarder kind of situation. So being brand new and opening a door and being like, oh my goodness. Because one of the things, and we've been trained, um, we joined the National, National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals and took the coursework that they had just to solidify everything and make sure it was really something we were passionate about before we started seeing clients. And they always taught us very wisely not to promise something you can't do. If you haven't been trained, these are, these are issues that you need special training for. These are, you know, some psychiatric issues, uh, mental health professionals should be brought in. Do not act like you're going to be able to solve this problem because you're not. Be very honest. Um, she didn't think she had a problem and she still hired me and we moved some piles around. But that was my very first client. So that was a real um, eye opener, but it was still a great experience because I like to talk like Holly goes in like a bowl and starts getting stuff done. And I, I mean, this woman wanted to show me every picture that she had of her her marriage, her children. And I was sure I'll sit there and look at those with you. No problem. Um, So it was, you know, it wasn't a difficult job because we didn't really accomplish a lot, but it was uh, was definitely eye opening. Who was your what was your my first? first one that didn't know me, um, which I think is a better way to go at it, that didn't know me, um, was a recipient of a gift card that their child bought them because they knew that they needed to start the downsizing process. And they're a good five to eight years out from actually moving, but wisely, the child had seen, and I didn't know the child either, but had seen um, or heard of me through mutual people and they were fantastic and I would go every other week um, and still kind of work with them just getting them through what you need and what you don't need and hey and walking them we started out with photos um, we did a photo project first and it was great because soon after that um, she had a class reunion and then her mother passed away and stuff that she needed to access those photos quickly and she was able to do so. And then just, again, getting rid of the stuff you've accumulated over 30 odd years of living in a home and knowing that you don't want to spend the next, you know, five years or something's to happen. And one of you has to go live somewhere else or is in therapy or anything like that. The burden of having all that stuff for yourself and your children, they were well aware of what that looked like, which I appreciate in people because a lot of people aren't ready to accept that. Um, so we, you know, that was my first one and it was fun because it was kind of our first passion with it with our grandparents and the aging community. So I was lucky to start off the bat with that as well. Yeah, that's an interesting concept going and getting started ahead of time. Yes. You know, before, before something happens. Yeah. yeah. And I love how y'all um, really do address the emotional aspects of organizing and decluttering and all of that because I think that's probably the biggest hurdle to get over and I you know it's trying to figure out you know the here and now versus all of the emotional ties to everything and um yeah you really I think that's really neat that y'all take all that into consideration when you're when you're working with people I mean, we have family members that have 
lots and lots of things just because their parent touched it, owned it. Um, like Tanya always says, it could be a bunny figurine from Target. And because it was in their home, they keep it and it, it it's makes, an emotional weight on them all the time knowing that it's there in a box and it's not being used and it's going to be left but there's absolutely no way to use this quantity right. of <laughs> things when you've got your home full and then you bring in parent stuff and relative stuff and it just gets to be overwhelming and then the guilt comes in oh well my mother's nice china is sitting in the attic well and that's one thing too we tell parents all the time and adults and go ahead and start talking to your kids about physical items now and get that guilt off of them in the future. It's okay if you get rid of my China. It's okay mm -hmm. if you, people carry around, because even if, you know, you know your mother never used her China, but you've never been given the green light to let go of that China, you're going to feel horrible. And I just, that's one of my things. I just don't want my kids to be burdened with the physical um, I take that. And I don't judge anybody that wants, that has attachment to physical things. I'm probably the rare bird that, not to say there's nothing I'm not attached to, but it's, I mean, I've told David when the kids are grown and he's the same way. I mean, we're pretty much like, sell it all, hit the road, get an RV, we're done. Like, I just don't have attachment to things. Um, but if my house catches on fire tomorrow and I don't have anything, I'll probably be bawling and saying, where's my stuff? I'm not there yet. So it's easy for me to say, I know there's stuff I'm attached to, but and we also, one little thing I like people to do is to ask their kids, and also they're really little, because it's kind of a creepy question, but not really. If I wasn't here anymore, what three things of mine would you want that reminded you of me? And it's not going to be what you think it is. So well, ask yours what they would like. And it's probably, you know. As we say, it's usually like a, a, a recipe or a. The apron you wore every Saturday when you made us pancakes. Or it's not the, the china or the engagement ring or the whatever. I mean, it is something that has the bonding memory of how much you love them. So just breaking that relationship of physical stuff does not equal the person that owned it or left it to you. And you don't have to feel guilt if you let it go. Um, and if you are, if it's a huge family heirloom that's worth a bazillion dollars and it's sitting in the attic in a cardboard box, well, guess what? It's going to be worth $2 when it's broken and rusted and whatever. So if you are keeping that stuff, please protect it. Please honor it. Please store it how it's supposed to be stored. Right. Yeah. No, okay. I have to tell y'all what my great aunt tried to lay on me about <laughs> six months ago. <laughs> Are y'all ready for this? She started talking about our family Bible mm. and she started telling me all the people who had, who had written in it, the births, the deaths, the weddings, the what have you. And so she said, you know, when I'm gone, who is going to do this? And she looked at me and I went, Oh no. <laughs> I cannot take that kind of pressure. Like that's too much pressure. I, I do not want that kind of pressure. So I, I like the, the thought of talking about it first before you leave that responsibility to someone mm -hmm. who does not want it. Yeah, my sister and I, my, my mother had this huge Christmas cactus and she's been gone for 25 years. And so during that time, then my, my stepmother kept the Christmas cactus alive. And so my sister and I were talking last Christmas and we were looking at each other and going, I don't want the responsibility of the Christmas cactus. And she's like, what if it dies? What if I take it and it dies? You know? <laughs> it's like,
like the love plant from that um <laughs> the love fern. The love fern. The Christmas cactus. Yeah. We, we are we got one in our family. That's the <laughs> really? Yes, we do. I don't. I would kill it. So I know now. Like, don't leave it to me. But my mom has it. You had one. Did yours die? I have one. She, uh, she's got one. Yeah, my mom and her both have the Christmas cactus. She gave me that. The mother, my, our mom <laughs> gave her. And I love, Heather, how you know to say no. Uh-huh. That's huge, too. Mm -hmm. I've been training this one. I'm not yes. She's I'm not, not good at saying no. I'm that. a guilt person. I, I'm ruled by guilt, and I'm very sentimental. So we're very different. Like oh. I keep all kinds of things that she doesn't. I don't keep a lot of things, but mm -hmm. I keep cards. I mean, I have almost every birthday card she's given me since we were little kids. I've kept my whole life and I have my own special Holly card box. I, mean, I have cards too. I haven't thrown right. them But I'm saying like, I keep more of that stuff. She'll look at it and be like, I just, why, why? Um, yeah, I'm more sentimental with tangible things. I get more attached to things than Holly does. Mm -hmm. I like experiences. I really yeah. like experiences. That's yeah. that's one thing. Okay, speaking of experiences, so this is something that y'all shared with me that I thought was really interesting that I had not considered is that a good bit of your work is done with elderly people who cannot do these tasks themselves. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I mean, that's really turned into a ministry for y'all, it sounds like. It is. I mean, it's, again and not that we don't love the playrooms and the pantries and all that it's great because any organized space is less frustration and less stress for the client right so it's a win-win but our heart lies with the impactful ones and a lot of times that's what the people who really need the help i mean they really just need i mean the last person that we helped um most recently yeah she physically could not clean out these drawers and these were her husband's toiletries and he had passed away five years ago and everything else of his had already been removed but those were things that and it's interesting i'm not married and i've seen this in our own family and things where people mm -hmm. keep the bathroom set up the same i mean when my grandmother passed away my grandfather lived another four Three. years or so three or four i don't know she's been gone eight and he's been gone five three okay and he never touched her toothbrush never touched her i mean like it was and i think it's the comfort of that now to me that sounds strange because i'm like it's a toothbrush i've also never been married and stared at the toothbrush for 25 years and i'm used to seeing it so i understand that i can't relate to that necessarily but she could not physically bend over and get the things out of a drawer and put them in a trash bag and take them out and you know, when we arrived at her home, her home was just neat as a pen. She, you know, the way she had described the situation, we thought it was going to be a disaster. Not at all. Mm -hmm. um, she had lots of cans of paint, um, which was really cute. She said she had given the painters a hard time when they were trying to paint. She wasn't happy with any of the colors. So she had every sample they had ever brought and she just couldn't physically carry them out and dispose of them and those are things that were you know we were able to help her with and it was a huge like she thought we were miracles she even used the term miracle workers and it really wasn't that much but it was something she couldn't do so to her it was very meaningful mm -hmm. and what was so sweet about her there were a lot of things that were sweet about well her. tons of things but i never realized again because of my personality and i tend to just think the world thinks like me so many clients when we say do you want to leave this to your children or think about you know they're like i don't care let my kids deal with it 
I was shocked by that. We hear that all the time now. And that was like the first person that said that to me. I was like, come again? Like, because our parents know, our parents know when they're both gone, I mean, you're going to hear the beep, beep, beep of the dumpster. Like, they've got nice, but we don't, I mean, like, they, but they know that. Like, we're not, we're not. We're and they're not. also at peace with keeping all of those things that they enjoy. They travel a lot. They, they have stuff from everywhere they've been. They have everything displayed and they want to look at it. More power to them. It doesn't mean anything to us. It wasn't our travel. It wasn't, our, you know, weren't our trips. We weren't a part of any of that. So it'll be easy for us to let that go. But they, they're fine with having us let it go and them not doing it ahead of time. Yeah, and there's no guilt in it. But she said, and she does not have any family. She said she didn't have any family left. She didn't want to burden whoever had to come in and clean up after her after she was gone. And she didn't even have somebody that she knew. knew. It was she didn't even want to burden the stranger with cleaning out these drawers with her husband's stuff and the like that forethought and that kindness. And again, I get it sometimes too. The clients have been like, listen, I had to deal with all this with my parents. My kids can deal with it. I'm not doing it twice. So they view, I guess, cleaning out their own it's stuff as a rite of passage. And, you know, hmm. I wouldn't say there's truth to that, but there's maybe a you know <laughs> pattern of people doing that. And I just, I don't know. I just the thought of leaving my kids, all my stuff for them to, and with our with our dads, he's got a ton of heirloom stuff. So who he doesn't even know who some of it is. We've had him separate and label that so that when he's gone, because we don't even know who it is. There's no there like, there, but he wants to keep them. Mm -hmm. But when he's not here anymore, we don't even know who they are. So we're not having to rifle through everything going, well, is this great? Aunt Lyle? I don't know who this is. Should we keep it? Should we not? We know immediately. Yeah. This is the to go pile. I mean, the whole, you know, we're, we're kind to of... To go. It says up. unknown on it. It doesn't say to yeah, go. Well, so, yeah, to go. <laughs> Take out to go immediately upon death to go. That's for your mom if she listens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just making all that easier because when somebody dies, you're miserable. The last thing you want to do is deal with all the physical stuff. I mean, it just, it's too much. We and don't with it too much. Well, and if you don't carefully curate your collection of photographs or heirlooms or keepsakes the amount of it's going to be so overwhelming that the things that even were special are going to get ignored or tossed because they're not going to be able to deal with any of it if you show up with three giant rubbermaid bins of stuff of pictures they're gonna be like i can't i just can't they're either never gonna get looked at shoved in the attic and get ruined or they're mm -hmm. gonna get tossed but if you hand mm -hmm. them a file folder of the best photos those are going to be enjoyed so it's just taking the time to do that ahead of time mm-hmm so Susan has four children. I have four children. I'm just curious. Holly has three. What are y'all's thoughts about playrooms? I just want to know what your your take is. <laughs> Holly's making a face already. <laughs> it really just depends on you and your children. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want their kids, and, and age, age specific too. Um, rarely do we run across the child who likes the cleanup process well the cleanup process and the micro organization the barbie shoes the barbie tops the barbie pants mom loves that i mean i could do that all day long sort i did that for a client i sorted legos by color that i love it all day long give it to me all day long i will do that i, I love meticulous stuff like that in my home my lego bin was literally a huge rubbermaid bin toss it all in because yeah. my kids would never ever clean that up um, we run across a lot where the kids are older 
but we're still living in toddler world with the huge tubs and the, the furniture that's built for those huge toys. And the parents are frustrated because nothing is categorized and the kids just leave it all out because if they put it in these huge bins, they can't find it. A lot of it is accountability. Um, and people hire us for our expertise and our opinions. You may want to hear it or you may not, but we're always going to tell you the reason your kid's not cleaning up. Here's the system. You have to put a motivator in there for it. Okay, throw all the stuff in the bins and then you get your iPad for 30 minutes or whatever that looks like. But always make the system reflective of their age and their abilities and their personality. If you do have a micro organizer, that's going to encourage them to see it all like that. But again, that yeah, we, we have yet to run across one of those. I know they exist. We just haven't seen one. Well, I think the other big problem with playrooms, in my opinion, is the parents who are unwilling to uh, acknowledge yeah. that their children are no longer four. Yeah. Um, the kids are 13 and they can't let go of these things that their kids have nothing to do with. And the space should move along in the same way that the child is progressing chronologically age-wise. So you want to still have a playroom and you want to have a fun space, but it should grow with them. It should not be a mausoleum of all childhood toys. We shouldn't be mourning that they're no longer in kindergarten. We should be excited about what they're doing now. So if that's a gaming system or a TV so their friends can come over and watch movies or they're into crafts and you have a painting, you know, easel up by the window or whatever your child is into. But a lot of times kids will be ready to let go of stuff because we work with children one-on-one. -on -one. We and usually ask the parent, like, we'll give you, we're going to one-on-one with the kid and we will put anything that they say goodbye to in a bag or bin or however we have our system. The parent can review it again later, but not in front of the child. If the, if the parent is in the room with the child and we oh, say, hey, you want to let go of this teddy bear? The kid immediately looks at the parent. Mm -hmm. And the parent usually goes, oh. But Aunt Tanya gave me that. gave you that. And yeah. then the kid goes, I'll keep it. Yeah. <laughs> if the parent's not in there, they get rid, I promise you, 80, 90% of their stuff. I'm not even kidding. It's bizarre, the difference. It, yes, so Tanya, that's probably the number one problem with playroom, other than account accountability. And the parents. And the parents. Sorry, it's us. <laughs> it's us. We have an opposite at my house. Really? Yes. I'm like, can't we get rid of, no, we have to keep all the Thomas train stuff for when we have children. No. Well, and that's when you have to. This Barbie with no head or that we've got a Barbie head yeah. hair everywhere. No, we can't get rid of it. I have like four little pack rats that are. Well, and that's where you have to establish the boundaries. So give them each whatever size bin that looks like. You all have a bin that's this size to keep your childhood toys. No more, no less. I have that with the stuffed animal. I have some swell. They're, all, they're almost all the same age, so they shared all the toys. That's part yeah, of and they, they, you know, there could be a combined bin of baby toys or childhood toys, but they really, if there's no boundary set, why are they going to want to get rid of anything? I, I mean, I wouldn't. So three of your children are triplets, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. And then they just start college or getting ready to go to college? Yes, getting ready to okay. start college. And the oldest one just graduated from college? Yes, that's right. Okay. So for the triplets, you're going to still hang on to that stuff because they're still in transition. They're, they're going to school. They don't have a permanent home. Um, I mean, they do with you, but you know what I mean. 
but for the oldest, anything that they wanted, if they're not living with you anymore, and they probably are right now during all of this, but in theory, those things should go live with them. We always say that if you're not living with your parents, neither should your stuff. If you really want it that badly, you need to figure out where you're going to keep it. And, and again, that's a real that you can say, I've got this amount of room in my attic. And if I have four kids, okay, this quadrant is for kids stuff. This is how many bins fit here. You all get one bin. Like you're not a storage unit. You're not the local U-Haul. I mean, it's just, you're not the, the store at all. And they don't need to view you as that because they're not paying storage fees. They're not, it's your house. And, and this is what happens when they keep it all. Our parents kept everything. We didn't ask them We didn't to. ask them to. They just did. Yeah. And then... I guess about five years ago, they started unpacking stuff when they were thinking about moving. So they started bringing stuff down from the attic. And every time we would go visit them, because they lived outside of Nashville, so when we would go travel and visit, they would bring out a box and we would go through it. And the whole box would end up in the trash. Now I would be like, oh man, look at this. And Holly would be like, trash, trash, trash. One of them was Barbies. My mom had not only taken the Barbies out before we got there. She then froze them on a styrofoam, like a uh, cooler lid to kill any bugs or spiders that may have gotten in them in their 25 years of living in the attic. And then presented me naked frozen Barbies on a tray. All of which went into the trash can. And that poor sweet woman went through all of that work for no reason. Because she was really keeping them for her. Again, the, I don't want to let go of these. We never asked her to keep in their defense they moved when i graduated from high school they moved and so we hadn't really gone through the declutter of the little kids stuff at that point it all got thrown in boxes and it just moved and moved with them because they moved one more time to the family farm and then moved anyway it all came with them but there was nothing a lot of wasted energy a lot of wasted energy a lot of wasted money moving all that stuff twice Mm -hmm. Twice. yeah yeah it sounds harsh i know it sounds harsh to say don't let them keep this up but that's where a boundary, and the boundary can be as big as you want it to be. But the sooner you teach kids boundaries with stuff, the better relationship they have as adults with stuff. I feel miserably. <laughs> it doesn't help that my kids played with my Barbie camper and my sister's Barbies from the 1950s. <laughs> so they're, they, they, um, I don't know. They have in their mind that, you know, it's right. They're That's children. How it goes. You play with your playing with up. the Barbie camper circa 1970, you know. Anything we ever got out for Holly's kids to play with, they were like, what's that? That's weird. I don't want that. Like, you think your kids, your grandkids are going to want it. If it's not like a wooden toy, like Thomas wooden stuff, I get saving that. She saved that. Like, that's that lives but all these other plastic things that are going to be so outdated mm-hmm. that little grandkids aren't going to be interested or the parents are going to be like that's gross i'm going to get them a new one i don't even know i don't want them to touch that um because holly's been through that, that is true and i think most people will tell you their playrooms are overrun because of the grandparents <laughs> yes they buy a lot of the stuff the further away the grandparents live the more stuff they buy mm-hmm. well and our playroom turned into a storage Mm. facility for the toys because my kids never wanted to go and play away from me Mm -hmm. they brought everything out and put it (laughs) right in the middle of the floor (laughs) so yeah the playroom has never really functioned like a playroom it's right a toy storage space so 
So y'all service Memphis. Do you service most of the Memphis area? Is that, are that your clients mostly local or do you travel? We have not really traveled um, on a regular basis. Everything, most everything we've done, not everything, but most everything has been kind of in this Mid-South area. So we've been to Olive Branch and Hernando and and those types of places, um, but that's still in our, you know, circumference. Um, the people that we've traveled for have been people that we've known. We haven't traveled, just because, quite honestly, the expense of that, um, we're happy to do it, but from the client standpoint, sometimes that can take their budget a little bit over the top because it's just, you know, we yeah. have to cover our expenses. But it's not that we're unwilling to do so. It just usually doesn't make sense from a money perspective a lot of times. Right. I wish you weren't so far away from me. <laughs> need help <laughs> terrible organizer like I can't I get like about half of it done and then the rest of it I can't figure out like what to contain it in and where to put it and you know how like how to actually organize it like that's once I get past all the emotional baggage right it's just like organizing you know my stuff I don't know why I'm so bad at it but no it's just Paralysis by analysis too. I mean, when it's your stuff and you see it every day, I mean, that's the joy of having an organizing sister. Like she comes over to my house and I'm like, please look at this again. Like just having a fresh set of eyes because when you live with it all the time, you may not see what's right in front of your face. Right. Well, and it's a gift. You, you have a gift. And that's another thing I wanted to say is that I feel like we all have gifts, but we're not all sharing our gifts. And we really like to encourage women to recognize and honor the gifts because if we don't share those, then we're withholding something that someone else needs, which, Absolutely. yeah. And so what advice do you have for women who are contemplating a business of their own? What advice do you have to, to help them get started? Pray for a sister. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, having a sister makes it easier, that's for sure. I think it's always going to be scary, and you're never going to know till you do it. And I had researched things so much that it like almost took the joy out of it in the beginning um, because I needed to know exactly how long before something was going to be profitable and exactly how because you know, as a person that's single, like you have to provide for yourself. And these are very real things you have to think about before you're going to stop one career, begin a new one and make a, you know, a big move. Um, I just wouldn't have wanted to not taken the chance. I believed in us so much. I didn't exactly know how it was going to work out. But I think it's a Beyonce quote. It's like, you know, if you're going to bet on anybody, bet on yourself. And I, there's no one I trust more than her. And I know that I may not be the brightest person or the smartest in the room or whatever, but I always am the hardest working. And I knew that we would figure it out. I just, I knew that we would figure it out. And I've, there's never been once when we've said we shouldn't have done this. We've never once said it. Not that there haven't been moments of complaining or frustration, but we've never regretted it. And it isn't easy. And I think the most difficult part is not, I really haven't had one. I mean, besides like having to work, you know, on the weekends for extra income and do other things for myself, so which means I work seven days a week. And that's a bit of a struggle at times um, because I'm, you know, turning 48. There's only so much energy to have to work all that. But I think the really big thing was 
difference in family um, because it affects, these are things you have to take into account is how it's going to affect your family life. And no matter how much you talk about it, right. and no matter how much everybody's on board, it's not going to be easy and people are going to feel neglected and sometimes they are going to be neglected and you're not going to be good at all parts of your life all the time. And some people are going to be way over here and you may not have talked to your son more than three sentences in two days. And then there are going to be three days when you're at home and totally focused on your family. And that's tough. It's kind of tough for me to watch with her because I see how difficult it can be. Um, even though her family is very supportive, um, they're tired of seeing me. I mean, we are together literally, it feels like 400 hours a day. Um, but that is, that is hard. And I think just for everybody to really understand that it is a major life change it, and it takes everything when you're new, you have to just be kind to yourself. You're going to make a million mistakes. You're going to learn every lesson the hard way and everything takes twice as long as it should because you're new and you just have to understand that and be okay with that and not beat yourself up about not getting something done more quickly or having overspent on something or missed something on an invoice or whatever. That's just part of learning and no one's going to get right a hundred percent of the time. And that's, I mean, for me, that was a lot of rambling, but I think you just have to be patient with yourself, be kind to yourself and really talk to your family. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. It's, it's been a big juggle for her for sure. Well, not the, yeah, giving yourself grace is a big one. Have a big cheerleader in your corner, which Tanya is mine. I mean, that's, she knows, because she sees it with my family. And um, again, my family's fantastic. My husband has been beyond supportive, but there are times, because again, we're, if we're not physically working, my mind is still working. I have a big problem shutting mine off, big problem. Um, and so it is a guilt thing. It is a, and my kids, you know, I don't even remember what stage of the business this was, but they're like, every time you're working, you're cranky afterwards. And I was like, oh, because I loved work. Like it wasn't, and that was a real like, oh gosh. And I think I was just cranky because it was new. I was having to balance all of that. And I just, I didn't really know how to do it. And I still don't really know how to do it. I mean, I do it every day, the best of my ability. And Corona smacked all of us in the face and, um, you know, just learn to, to roll with it. But, and Tanya helps me with this every single day. Everything you do, learn something from it. Like if I'm, cause she's, again, my cheerleader. And if I'm frustrated, it is, you know, we may have had a, a challenging day, but what did we learn from it? And there has not been a time that we have not been challenged or made a mistake or, you know, did something fantastic or we have not learned something from it. And every time you learn something, my gosh, you're one step closer to where you want to be and we're still learning daily and by the minute and mm -hmm. i mean literally every day we haven't we haven't we've made a lot of them and we'll still make a lot of them but you know we're learning and and we're perfectionists by nature so it's really even though we go about it differently um we just have very very high standards it's just inbred in us unfortunately there's no getting it out I always, I'm like, oh, I wish I could just be laid back and it's just not in the cards. Um, so that is, that can be a challenge because we both want everything to be so right all the time and just learning that it's just not going to be, it's yeah. just not going to be. Well, and it's okay that we are who we are, just what we were saying, because we do beat ourselves up because we are so hard on ourselves, like really hard on ourselves, ridiculously hard on ourselves. But a part of us, like that's who we are. 
So part of us being hard on ourselves is saying, why are we so hard on ourselves? <laughs> so then we're just going in a circle being like, oh my God, you're, you're but it's like, okay, that's who I am and embrace that. Yeah. That's just who we are. And the more we fight against it, we're just very particular people with high expectations of everybody that we cross mm -hmm. on the street. The more we're going to be happy about that and let it go. I mean, that's just who we yeah. are. And that's part of your gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, to have everything the way it's supposed to be. That's part of your gift. Yeah, that is true. Yes, true. Blessing and a curse. But yeah, we and just supporting each other. Like with you guys, I mean, just these these avenues where we get to meet incredible women out there doing what they want to do. We have met again. Corona has allowed us to meet such fantastic people that we would not have met. Because we had to slow down. Mm -hmm. We had to pay mm -hmm. attention to something besides ourselves for a second, which is lovely. Um, and it is really, we have met, and all of them have been women. Almost every person we're connecting with has been a woman-owned business of some sort. And it is really, really gratifying. Um, I said this to somebody last night, that anytime anybody recommends you or likes your post, or says anything positive like it is like you just sent us a huge gift you know in the mail like it is the biggest deal so never underestimate those little bitty things because every day that's what lets us know we're headed in the right direction it is the support from people you may not have ever even seen in real life mm -hmm. is very very meaningful and anytime that you can you know scroll through and heart something on instagram to somebody or send somebody a direct message and say hey i love what you're doing you just don't realize the impact that has on their day or their week. Yeah. We all appreciate and need encouragement. We yeah. all do. So, yeah. Okay, how can our listeners find you? I know you have a website, you have a fantastic new newsletter coming out. So how can they find you? We have our website at springersisters.com and you can sign up for our newsletter on the website. We're on Facebook at Springer Sisters and on Instagram at the Springer Sisters 901. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and we have a series every Thursday on Instagram, Tough Talk Thursday, where you can tell we're kind of in your face, tough talk about stuff. I still felt bad about the about the bins and the playroom and, or the getting rid of your kids stuff. But yeah, we're, we're, we're out there and we, you know, like we're everywhere. We are. We feel like we're everywhere. <laughs> your tough talk Thursday. Those are my favorite. I have oh, said that to more people. I love your tough talk Thursday. Thank you. We Thank need you. that. We, we did. <laughs> we all need a kick in the, the rear sometimes. The fluffy, disorganized ones out here. We need that. <laughs> yeah. Well, honesty to me is a love language. So we're just pretty brutally honest with people, and yeah, we're the same with us. So. Hey, speak the truth in love. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And we are looking for a book to come out from you two at some point. <laughs> I think it would be fun. I don't know when in the world we would have time to write one, but I've said it a bunch of times. I think it would be a really fun thing. I don't know. I don't know when that will happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if we ended up doing it. And this one is going to at her list and her, she'll put it on a list. It's already on a list. Oh, Lord, I haven't I seen love that. it. Yeah. <laughs> she made In the last list she made, we made it beginning of Corona, I think. Like, okay, how are we going to pivot? And I think we've almost crossed everything off that list without even trying to. So without even referring back to the list. It's like, put it out in that universe and just be open to receiving it. So I'm glad I have my list uh, maker. And one of them was to be on a podcast, so thank you. Yay! Yay! Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Well, thank y'all so much for coming on today. We have enjoyed it. I can't yes. have it. Y'all are precious. I love it. Thank, thank you, you for having you. us. Yes, we'll have to do it again. We would love that. Thank y'all so much. Hi, friend. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and like on the podcast platform that you are listening to. We also love to see you on Instagram and Facebook. Can't wait until next week. We have lots of great things happening. Thanks again for joining us. See you soon.